Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, welcome to your Hollywood Crime Scene mini episode. Hey. Hey. (laughs) What are we doing today? Well, Desi, today we are going to be talking about some incredible moments in game show scandals. Oh. I was going to do like a top craziest behind the music moments, but honestly, nothing can top Leif Garrett yeah. confront or the guy Roland Winkler right. reunion. Yeah. So why bother? That's true. It's the best one. <laughs> so since people commented on on our Facebook page about Leif Garrett's appearance on The Dating Game. Oh, right. I thought that I would talk about some other weird shit that happened on game shows in okay. the past. Desi, do you watch game shows or did you ever? Uh, yeah, when I was a kid. I feel like people don't really watch them as much anymore. I think in general, I just don't watch network TV. Right. Like I just watch streaming. But I think definitely in the, when I was a kid, I would watch soap operas with my grandma and watch the game shows were always on like after yeah. or before. I can't remember. Like everyone our age, in our like ages yeah. watch Price is Right. Right. And I liked some of the more old school ones too, like uh, Pressure Luck. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's not that old, but like it was 80s. Yeah. With my arch enemy, Chuck Woolery. Ugh. He blocked you, right? Yes. What did you say to him again? I told him, I asked him if a woman had ever come on his mouth. Oh. I can't remember why. It wasn't related to his tweet. (laughs) (laughs) I can assure you of that. (laughs) But he actually responded to me and said I was vile. That's hot. Yeah, it was hot. I I saved it. Good. I should put it up on my, like, as my, what is it called? Your pinned tweet? Your banner or something. Yeah, you should make that your banner. Because that is pretty good. Woolery calling you vile. I think, and didn't um, Vincent D'Onofrio call me vile or he, something close? He called you foul, but he, oh, yeah, but foul. he, but he spelled it F O W L. He spelled it like the chicken. Right. So vile and foul. But you like should, a chicken. You should pin both of those. Yeah. I can, maybe mm. someone can stitch them together for me. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big okay. fan of that. Okay. Uh, personally, me growing up, we watched a lot of Jeopardy in our household. I like Jeopardy. Oh, wait. Chuck Woolery wasn't Pressure Luck. He was Love Connection. Yes. Did you watch Love Connection? I did. <laughs> you know when I watched Love Connection was when I had babysitters. They would always put it on. Yeah. that I guess that's like the that was like the more modern dating game. Yeah. But it was like, wasn't a panel. But I loved Love Connection. Yeah. I watched that one for sure. I, I liked that one. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're going to be talking about some... Mo- notorious moments in game show history, as well as some scandals. The first show we're going to talk about is called Super Password. I guess it's like Password, but right. it's Super. Okay. I never watched this show. I don't either. But it was a real show. Yeah. In the 80s. And in 1988, Patrick Quinn appeared on four episodes of the game show Super Password, and he ended up winning a lot of money. 
But when he went to pick up his $58,000 check at the studio, the FBI was waiting for him. Ooh. Patrick, whose real name is Carrie Ketchum, was wanted on credit card fraud charges. Ketchum had bought a BMW in Indiana with a false identity and a credit card uh, that he had also had, like, that he had stolen from someone. He ran up $25,000. Wow. In charges. And he had done that in Alaska. So this is like a multi state credit card fraud. Damn. So the FBI was looking for him at this point. He had already been under investigation when he was recognized on the game show and subsequently located. Um, he had appeared on the game show four times in the month of January 1988. That should be like its own genre, like people who are wanted criminals who go on TV. Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've heard that several times throughout my life, like... People who are like, yeah, like they they go celebrate something on TV or a contestant. It's like flying too close to the sun. Yeah. It's a certain kind of pathology. There, Yeah, there's something in that. I mean, they already have that pathology that they're like willing to commit like credit card fraud. Like I would be too scared to even do that. Yeah. (laughs) So they clearly don't really have any sort of like boundaries as far as that stuff goes, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, But yeah, but this guy was like, hey, I'm... I'm getting away with it. Yeah. I'm living the dream with my BMW that I bought in yeah. Indiana. I'm going to go on a game show now. What a weird choice. Yeah, you don't have to go on a game show. <laughs> like, it's not no. something that he, needs to he be done. He might have gotten away. Well, I guess they were already investigating him, but he could have evaded them for longer. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely helped move it forward. Now, Ketchum was a former cop in Ohio, but he was fired for stealing stuff from the evidence locker. Oh, he told Super Password host Bert Convy that he worked for the CIA. Like, that's what he told him, I guess. That was his funny story. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> who tells someone that you work for the CIA? Yeah, that's sort of a sign that you don't work for the CIA. But he was, like, dead serious about it. He's like, I, have, I am, like, on a secret mission. Like, I have to go on a secret mission. Huh. He told producers that he would need his winnings check expedited because he was headed to Turkey on a mission. But obviously, when he got to the studio, the feds were already there waiting for him. Oh. So he ran when yeah. he saw the feds there. and But they did catch up to him. They found him hiding in did the... Did they men- catch him? <laughs> Jesus Christ, baby. You gotta... They found him hiding in the men's bathroom, standing atop a toilet. <gasps> classic. That's a very classic dumb criminal move. Yeah. And very anticlimactic. It's very instinctual. Like, I'm going to hide my feet so they look under the door and don't see them. <laughs> like, I can see how you think that it would work. It's it just, might work. It's just such an embarrassing end to your crime spree. Yeah. They found me in the toilet. And your hands are up when they push the door open. Hoping that they're not going to kick the bathroom stall in. Yeah. It's Come not on. cool. It's, it's not a cool criminal move. It's the FBI. They're going to stop at nothing to arrest you, bro. Absolutely. Okay. Our next story comes from the UK. This is about a man who is named Charles Ingram. I vaguely remember this story. Which he's, oh, the, is he, uh, is this a Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yes. Yeah, I heard this one. This story is fucking incredible. Yeah. So in 2001, Charles Ingram appeared on Britain's Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I guess the show's originally from Britain. Yeah, I think so. I almost wrote the British version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, but I, I felt like I'm glad I corrected myself because then we would have gotten a million yeah. emails from our lovely British listeners. It's like 
The Weakest Link. Like yeah. That show started in UK. Yeah, we yeah. copied them. We got okay. Regis Philbin. On Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. That show was right. fucking huge over here. Yeah. Like, Remember in its heyday? Oh my God. It was like, I don't know, understand why, but it was like must-see TV. Like everyone watched I feel Who like Wants game to be a shows have like a cooling off period and then one will pop up on prime time and just be really big. Yeah. And then we'll co- go through like a sleeper 10 years with no primetime game show. I feel like maybe part of the appeal of who wants to be a millionaire was like the production was so big for it. It was so grandiose. I think also it was a million dollars. Right. Even though very few people won it. It was the idea. The prize was so big. It was such a dramatic thing too. Like the lights and the music. It was like this fucking drama. I definitely watched it. I totally watched yeah, it. I liked it. I, I did too. There's this idea that you could win. Right. I think too that makes it exciting. Yeah. So Charles Ingram, he appeared on the British version. I'm sorry. Britons who wants to be a millionaire. You guys created it. I'm okay. sorry. And he correctly answered all 15 questions, scoring him the top prize. But producers of the show became suspicious when they noticed that a cough could be heard from the audience every time the correct answer was read <laughs> in the readings of the multiple choice questions. I heard clips of this. Desi, I was... It's on the it's floor laughable. laughing. How <laughs> obvious clips. it is. Wait, isn't there even one where he's like, crush our forever? Like he says it. That's my memory. Um, so the coffer one. Not, not that one. Yeah. Or something like that. Like, <laughs> I didn't see that one, but I did watch a clip of his wife coughing. Oh, the wife. But then there's another guy too, yes. right? So the, the main coffer was his friend and accomplice, Tequin Wittock who was also a contestant on the show. So him, along with Charles's wife, Diana, were believed to have been in on the scheme. Obviously, they were both on the scheme. Tekken, Tekwin had coughed 192 times during the recording. Wow. That's a lot. He had COVID. <laughs> Desi, too soon. Come on. You know there's no COVID oh, talk right. on the show. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Damn it. I can't. I'm a bad girl. <laughs> So <laughs> Diana Ingram had also appeared on the show before winning 32,000 pounds. And she, like I said before, was also a coffer. So there's a clip if like if you just Google Charles Ingram or whatever, one of the clips that comes up is him like sweating this question about and the answer is Craig David. And he Oh god, yes. Okay. <laughs> he it's like ugh. This was so frustrating because it was like the it was like which uh you know album was popular in the year 2000 is this this is the name of the album and he makes such a big deal about how he knows who the other three bands are that are the options for the answers but he doesn't know who Craig David is and it's like first of all this is the early 2000s you're in Britain and you don't know who Craig David is what's wrong with you right that made me really angry cuz i knew who Craig David was i i know multiple Craig David songs I know who Craig David is. Yeah, he was huge. He had that moment. He was I mean, I don't know where he is now, but I knew him back then. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, that was it. He was everywhere in the early 2000s, and he must have been even bigger in Britain. I can only imagine. Like, I think, who was it? Naomi Fry said that Craig David was the original Drake. He looks like a Drake. He's a Jewish icon. Yeah. I love Craig David. Uh, Anyway, so he 
<laughs> doesn't know who this guy is. And it's just so irritating because he keeps, you know how like sometimes it, it takes them forever to give their answer because they're just talking out loud. And they're like talking through each one. Well, I know who he is. Did he have yeah. an album in 2000? Like it's like that kind of stuff. Yes. And he's basically stalling to get the cough. <laughs> he's stalling to get the cough and he keeps saying over and over again, I have never heard of this Craig David bloke. He keeps fucking saying it over and over. It's like, we get it. You're not cultured. Yeah. Charles Ingram. <laughs> so finally, his wife starts coughing. And they the, and the cameras keep going to the wife as she's coughing yeah. because they're always going to the spouse when they're right when the person who's on the hot seat is struggling. So they keep to flash- see their reactions. Yeah, like, so yeah. they keep flashing over to her but she's just coughing the whole time and it, it, her coughing gets more pronounced the more he stalls, but finally he answers Craig David. Yeah. And it's like I thought you didn't know who he was. Right, he doesn't even make a good thing like, well, that's the only one I don't know, so I probably is him. Well, he like, actually, okay, he did say that. Oh, did he? Yeah, he remember. actually he actually did say that, but it was so obvious that something was going on. Right. It was pretty suspicious. Like I couldn't believe it got that far that they weren't like, "Ma'am, can you stop? Can you leave the studio? Can you leave? Yeah, get out of here." Even if it was just a coughing fit. Cuz she kept like, doing it. Yeah. Uh, so in 2003, Charles and his accomplices were arrested. Tequin Widock claimed that he suffered from coughing his whole life and he was like offended. <laughs> like, how dare you? Uh, excuse me, I'm a cougher. <laughs> I love it. Sir. I love when people who are just fucking busted continue to lie. There's something so satisfying about it because it's like, come on. Like, <laughs> right. It's honestly hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty hilarious. So the trio was found guilty and given suspended sentences, meaning they didn't have to see any jail time, but they were each fined thousands of pounds. Amazing story. And apparently they were in the news again recently because there's a TV show, a drama that just came out in the UK about them called Quiz. Okay. I mean, I can't imagine how many episodes there would be. (laughs) Right. Like, unless it's about... Unless he had like a weird backstory, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think actually the reason I heard the story is that Swindle did an episode on it. Oh. And it was not, I don't think it was the major story. Another game show crime scam artist was also on the show and it was Pressure Luck. It's a really good episode. You should check it out. Um, I think they touched on this one. It was like yeah. their opening bit. You know how they have the smaller opening? Yes. I think it was the opening and they had all the audio of the coughing. <laughs> it was like, the coughing is laugh out loud funny because it's, it's like, even if I didn't know the story, it's still really suspicious because <laughs> it's like, it's like a child's idea. Like I'll cough every time the right answer is said. It, it, you go, th- and also he has to say each answer out loud. Yes. That's like the other funny part. So every question he doesn't know, he literally says each one. And then when he'll, he'll say Craig David or whatever, you know, Australia, it'll be like, <clears throat> or like whatever. Like, so it's like, it's already suspicious that he always says every four answers, it is or such, all four answers. It is such a dumbass fucking scheme that they right. thought they were going to pull that off. Yeah. It's amazing. And that all three of them were like together and participating yeah. on the show. Yeah fucking dumbasses. But yeah, it's very funny. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money, and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Wheel of Fortune was always disappointing when it came on because it meant that Jeopardy was over. Yeah. Not that I didn't watch Wheel of Fortune sometimes, too. It's just not the same. It's a very different show. Right. It felt like jarring when it came on. It's also slower paced. Jeopardy is. No. uh, I think Wheel of Fortune. Because to solve a puzzle takes, like, whatever, a long time. Whereas Jeopardy is you're answering questions more rapidly. Oh, well, yeah. That's what I mean, like... And Jeopardy is, like... um, has Alex Trebek. He's way better than Pat Sajak. Sorry. There's just something, um, and believe me, I watched it growing up. There's something like more middle America about it. <laughs> Not that that's bad or wrong, but it's like more slower paced. It just seems like, I mean, I Jeopardy know. was definitely for snobs. Yeah. It was that's like what I mean. Game. Like, it's definitely like a different type. Like, it was like, like the, the snobby one and yeah. the more like whatever. If the small the, town. Right. Like, uh, Jeopardy was for snobs, but, Part of the fun of Jeopardy was like making fun of the super brainiacs on the show. I mean, those brainiacs are, are annoying too. Like they both have their different ways of being annoying, I yeah. think. Uh, especially when they try to be funny. Yeah. The brainiacs, I mean. No, I know. <laughs> yeah. But my mom was trying to get on Jeopardy in the 90s. Like she took the test. Oh, she did? Yeah. Oh, I cool. think she passed it. I think a lot of people pass the test, but then don't pass the personality Portion. Are you saying my mom has a bad personality? <laughs> no, but that's what I've heard from people. My mom has a big personality. I don't know that it's bad, but they're casting a show. Right. So they might have people who had a similar personality to your mom and they want different Which levels. Which is wild right? because I've seen people with absolutely dead personalities on Jeopardy before where I'm like, how, why are you doing a TV show? This looks miserable I feel like you. this is the show that they'll put a dead, per- dead personality on. Yeah. Like that'll never happen on Wheel of Fortune. No. Every person on Wheel of Fortune has a huge personality. Yeah, they got charisma on Wheel yeah. of Fortune. So I feel like they like the little bit of the dead personality on Jeopardy. I, I have no idea. And like recently, uh, this clip went viral. It's an old clip from Jeopardy. But oh. 
the clip went viral of one of Alex Trebek's famous dunks. Yeah. Where he's like, he does, there's always the portion of the show where he like does a very brief interview with the contestants on Jeopardy. Yes. And he's like, so what do you do? Or give me a fun fact about, right. you said your wife is into making her own cheese. What's that like? And then they'll give an answer and Alex Trebek will like roll his eyes or say something nice. Yeah. And occasionally he fucking reads them for filth, which yeah. he did in this occasion where this this middle-aged woman was like, oh, I, I'm in a rap group and we make nerdcore rap. Just awful. And Alex Trebek goes, losers. Yeah, he calls her a loser. Yeah. <laughs> I love the guy who's tried to go after Alex Trebek on that tweet. He's like, he's actually being very mean and then everyone bullied him. It was like the perfect Twitter moment. Dude, what <laughs> so a was mess. Like, honestly, like, you, had, you had to know you're asking for it when you put that. It's like, come on. Also, I, there's something always kind of funny to me about someone defending someone and, and calling someone a bully and then getting bullied. Daddy. <laughs> Not in like a mean, like a really mean way. It was just dunking on him. It was just an absurd moment on Twitter. It was an absurd moment. It wasn't like cruel bullying or anything like that. It was just kind of like, you know, like if it happened to me, I would be like, I deserve this. Because <laughs> it's Twitter. You cannot be sincere. Like, come on. So... Anyway, oh yeah, we're talking about Wheel of Fortune. So in 2012, this episode of Wheel of Fortune, this contestant, Renee Duerte, lost the game because while she had solved the puzzle correctly, she mispronounced it. Oh. She mispronounced the answer. Now, the answer to the puzzle was seven swans a-swimming. Seven swans a-swimming. But she pronounced it Seven swans a-swimming. That's bullshit. She even guessed a G, that there was a G in the puzzle, but because she dropped the G when she <gasps> said it out loud. This is an outrage. People were really mad when this happened. Mad at the game? Yes. They, okay. they took to Twitter and they were like, this is bullshit. Like, they were really upset. That seems really stupid. It is Was stupid. it the final puzzle? I don't think so, but she ended up losing all her money. She That's had, insane. She had like $3,500. She was about to win a th- an additional $1,000 if she solved this puzzle. Got it. But because she lost it, she lost her money that she had, and she didn't get the $1,000. And as a result, she... That basically threw her off the rest of the game. Now, I wonder if that's a rule, though. Because sometimes I do notice on those shows, the contestants are always like, um, to market, to market. <laughs> like, they're always like... Really, they're always like... <laughs> really stressing every syllable so <laughs> i'm wondering do you know what i'm talking about oh my god but does he <laughs> yes i did read that it is a rule you have to pronounce because some people were like def- in on twitter this is like old twitter back in the day they were like defending pat sajak they're like it's not his fault it's the rule it's the game's fault like that's just how the game is that's the rules you have to pronounce it correctly because because like- <laughs> then i was watching this like like best of because I feel like Wheel of Fortune has some of the best fuck ups. Yeah, there's the, amazing ones. Like there's some amazing people being idiots, just like <laughs> completely guessing wrong something that's everyone knows. Right. You know that like what in whatever moment they yeah. had like a brain fart or whatever. Yeah. Like, but uh, <laughs> one of the answers 
was Regis Philbin and Kelly Ripa. And no and everyone on the panel knew what the answer was, but no one could pronounce Regis Philbin's name. Oh my god. Or Kelly Ripa's name. Like oh someone was like Regis Philbin. Or they were like Regis Philbin and Kelly Ripa. <laughs> and Pat Sajak was like, no. And like the thing was completely spelled out, but no one could say it right. That's insane. There was like one letter missing. Oh my God. And <laughs> Someone was, <laughs> somebody was like, Regis Philbin and Kelly Ripa. Yeah. And then they were like, Regis Philburn and Kelly Ripa. Ugh. So I feel really bad for this lady, though, because also she's like, well, I'm from Florida and like, that's just my dialect. I was going to say it's kind of like classist almost like you have to speak proper, like don't do it because that's like a class, you know, whatever Southern to be like. Swimming. Swimming. Like. Or I just, that's why I do feel like if it is a rule that they were all instructed, you need to fucking say it properly. Do you know what I mean? Like I can see, even though it seems lame that it makes me wonder, that's probably why they're always over enunciating everything. (laughs) It's always like been something that irritated me. I had never heard the story. Now it makes sense. But now I'm like, oh, that's why they're always sounding like idiots. (laughs) (laughs) I would be so nervous going on a game show. I know I would fuck up and cry. I would be like Cindy Brady in that episode where she's on TV. Oh, in the red light? Yeah. Like, I feel like everyone thinks they're a genius and great at these games. No. And then the minute you're there, like, I mean, the classic thing is that it's really hard to get buzzed in on Jeopardy. Yes. Like, that's the key. Like, you might know every answer, but you can't fucking buzz in. Right. Right. Uh, and you almost have to, the other thing is you almost have to buzz every time. So that's why people sometimes are like, uh, <laughs> cause they just start buzzing all the time just in case they know the answer. Right. But yeah, that kind of stuff freaks me out about game shows. Those little technicalities. I know I would absolutely make a fucking fool of myself. There's no way I wouldn't. Cause when I'm watching Jeopardy by myself at my house, I know every fucking answer. Me too. I'm a fucking genius. People are like, you should go on Jeopardy. And I'm like, no, I know I can't do <laughs> The stress of it would kill me. Like, it's funny because, like, I have no problem public speaking. I've public spoken in front of hundreds of people before. It's a lot of elements that have to come but together. But the game show, answering yeah. questions in front of people, the pressure that's is what would get different. to me. Yeah. That's fucking different. No, it's bad. Are you kidding me? And looking stupid is one of my top fears. I mean, to do something really like a huge gaffe like that. Yeah. And I know I would. Oh my God. I would be a famous moment for for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, you would be a famous. (laughs) I know I would be one of those people. There's just no way. But you would also have a Freudian slip that was like so disgusting. I would be like negative 8,000. Like there's no way I would just have some, I would be like the most insane. Like, How did this bitch get on the show? You wouldn't even be allowed to compete in Final Jeopardy. Yeah. That's kick me off. That is always the biggest fucking you have no funds. It's that, like, let me bet negative. <laughs> let me go further into debt. Please. That's like the most humiliating to me is when they're like, oh, and I'm sorry, Carolyn, you did not make it to final jeopardy. I'm always really stressed about daily doubles too. Cause I'm like, should I just go for it? <laughs> like, you yeah, know what I mean? Like right. the whole idea of it. I mean, you know, you went gambling with me. If I get nervous, like yeah. in those kind of situations, which is fun, but it would probably be less fun if I'm on TV. Like, right. It's not like we're gambling in front of the whole world. Right. I like that kind of nervous excitement, but definitely not on TV. No. Come on. Not on TV at all. So if you've been on a game show, please yeah, I would write, love to hear these. I want to hear about your experience right into the show. Mm-hmm. If you've been on one before, I, I could never do it. Me either. It's so mm-hmm. scary. Okay. Now our final scandal 
is pretty wild. This is about a British show called Bullseye. It's a dart show. Ooh. That's very British. Yeah. The Brits love darts. Yeah. It's not like as big a deal here. Right. It's like a pub thing. It's a pub thing. Totally. In 1989, a contestant on the British game, game show Bullseye turned out to be a serial killer. Ooh. In 1985, John William Cooper murdered siblings Richard and Helen Thomas in their home before burning the house to the ground. He appeared on the game show just four years later in May of 1989, and in June of that same year, he committed another double murder. (gasps) Shit. So in between double murders, this guy goes on bullseye, the dart competition. That's very like Rodney Alcala. Yeah. Yeah. He's the other famous. I mean, that's like a that's like the ultimate going on a game show when you're like wanted for murder. Kind oh, of thing. yeah, like, right. This yeah. isn't just credit card yeah. fraud. So that summer, Peter and Gwenda Dixon were on a camping trip in Pembrokeshire, Wales, when they when John William Cooper tied the couple up, robbed them, and shot them to death. Then in 1996. John William Cooper confronted a group of teenagers with a shotgun and demanded money. He then proceeded to sexually assault two of the girls (gasps) in the group. Jeez. By the end of the 90s, Cooper had committed over 30 different robberies and assaults. And it was actually the footage from the game show, Bullseye, that was used to build evidence in the case against him as this footage was compared to a police sketch that had been done by a witness from the 1989 Dixon murder. So it actually did bust him. It did bust him, but like 10 years later. Yeah. So he wasn't busted immediately. Right. It was a while later. Isn't that wild? Yeah. I never even heard of that show. Dude, if you commit a crime, don't go on a game show. It's not going to end well for you. It seems pretty easy not to do. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's pretty hard to get on a game show. Like you have to make some effort. Yeah. Weird. So let's, I want to move on to two listener emails. Okay. I'm going to read two this week. Like I, like I, like we said last week, we have a ton. Yeah. You guys are amazing. You keep writing, giving us the best ghost stories, the best pants shitting stories. <laughs> now you can give us the best game show contestant stories. Yeah. This is from listener Kara. She sent a really long, really cool email that was about her experiences with ghosts that she's had. And, I read all of it, but because it was so long, I'm just going to pick my favorite part. Okay. My favorite ghost encounter. So Kara has kids, or she has a kid, and she says that when her kid was one and a half years old, we sat on the floor in the living room playing, and she stops mid-motion and looks out into the hallway. I look out towards where she's watching and ask, what are you looking at? She looks at me and clearly says, the clown. (gasps) I brush it away as a kid's thing, but then her stroller that we keep standing next to a wardrobe in the hallway starts to roll backwards. I growl out to the hallway, put it back, and the stroller stops, stands a microsecond, and then rolls back. The floor is flat. It can't just start to roll by itself. Ooh. That's a very haunty, haunty thing, a stroller rolling. Yes. I feel like it's that reminds always- me of like the wheelchair, like some horror movies have like the old fashioned wheelchair or yeah, something. Yeah, the thing with the wicker siding on yeah. it. Yeah. But also like strollers, like in Ghostbusters too, it starts with that stroller going out of control. Right. That's really scary. Ghosts like to push strollers, I think. 
That's really scary. But also I love a haunted clown story. Yeah, and the baby being involved. It's, it's always all- creepy when a baby tells you something. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy, the man. <laughs> you got to believe a baby. You know what? I do. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though, because the you- baby's not going to know to like prank you. <laughs> no. Here's the thing. Children and animals have very heightened senses in terms of like paranormal activity. No, I hate when my cats all of a sudden stand up and stare at something. <laughs> That's the scariest thing ever. Oh my God. Ever. Romy does it all the fucking And they're like time. at a complete attention. They're very erect. Like they're just like, they immediately stand up and their ears are super pointy and, and they're just staring into the distance. And there's nothing there. Yeah. No, it's my so cat scary. does it all the time. All cats do that. My cat will like all of a sudden just like, <gasps> like her head will just fucking dart up to like. What some, was that? Yeah. They're but like, it's some corner in the room where she's yeah. staring and she's watching something. <sighs> and it's like, bitch, I used to do that when I was a tweaker. Yeah. <laughs> this is creepy. It's really creepy. So animals, very heightened senses. Yeah. Children very prone to seeing ghosts. Like kids are way more prone to having supernatural, whatever, paranormal experiences They're than adults. They're from that world. What? Because they were just in the spirit world. Where they were <laughs> I know how science works. That's <laughs> not what I was going to say, but I like your explanation because it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> And then the this st- is why I don't go on a game show. <laughs> and then the stork brought them down from the spirit They're world. Like, Dude, I was just in the spirit world. That's a fucking ghost. <laughs> I was going to say that the reason children are so perceptive to these things is because they're not so jaded by the world. That's yet. true, too. They're open. They're open to seeing a creepy clown standing in the corner <laughs> of the room. Yeah. I mean, both <laughs> both of those reasons. <laughs> They're both valid, okay? Look, Your reason's valid too, Desi. Absolutely. I- They're both just as likely to be true. <laughs> <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, we, we did say we were going to hold off on pants shitting stories for a bit to as an apology to our listeners, but I could not resist this one okay. because it combines one of my favorite things in the world, and that is baseball. Oh. Is this about George Brett? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Personal story. Okay. Not personal to me. Okay. Let's be clear. This yeah. did not happen to me. No. But this did happen Ooh. to Emily. Ooh. I was laughing my ass off reading this story. Okay. I'm really sorry about this unfortunate experience you had, Emily, but thank you for writing into the show and letting us use your name. Okay. This is a long, but it is the mother of all shitting your pants stories. 
A series of worst-case scenarios. It was mortifying at the time, but now it's a hilarious story that I humbly own. The year was 2011. My hometown's pro baseball team was in the World Series, and it was Game 7. A group of friends and I decided to go downtown to one of the sports bars right by the stadium to experience the final showdown. For some background, 2011, that was the year that I had fainting spells. Towards the middle of the game, as my friends and I stood in the center of the sports bar, crowded together by hundreds of drunk fans, I started to feel faint. It's that awful feeling where all of a sudden you get really hot and then really cold and then you start to lose your vision and then all your muscles relax. Before I knew it, I woke up on the floor, my friends standing around me, staring down, asking me if I was okay. The only thing I could think about, though, was the fact that I could tell that I definitely shit my pants. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) They helped me up. And might I mention that it was one girlfriend and four guy friends, and they asked me what I needed. Not wanting to give myself away, I said I said I said I needed to go to the bathroom to splash some water on my face. Ugh. Of course, we all know how sporting events go. The line to the women's bathroom was insanely long, so I stepped outside where the line to the porta potty was also insanely long. I turned to my friend who had stayed by my side and I said that I was going to try and see if the hotel next door would let me in to use their bathroom. And as we were walking away from the guys, I asked her if she could tell that something was wrong, if something was wrong with my pants. <laughs> she, ga- <laughs> she gasped and said, did you pee your pants? I solemnly shook my head no and gave her a knowing look that it was much, much worse. Yeah. We, w- we got to the hotel. There was a security guard outside of the door who wouldn't let us in, saying only hotel guests were allowed in during the game. I tried to explain that I had just fainted and needed a place to sit down, but he would not let me in. I wonder if he smelled the shitty pants. Yeah. It's probably hard to get people to let you in if you've shit yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would have let her in. I would have felt so yeah. bad. So I decided my best bet was to try to go to the porta potty because that line was shorter. <sighs> Standing in line at the porta potty with my pants full of my own poop, I started to feel faint again. So I had to sit down on the ground. <sighs> Smush. Finally, it was my turn to get into the porta potty. But when I opened the door, I was horrified to see that it was literally filled to the brim. There was no chance I was going to be able to sit down and clean up. I'm going to vomit. <laughs> I decided to, I just needed to go home. Yes. But as I, right as I made this decision, fireworks erupted out of the stadium. Our team had just won the World Series. <laughs> Wait, what team is it? She doesn't say. Oh. It was 2011. Okay, I'm trying to Right think. after the Giants yeah. won in 2010. People poured out of the stadium and into the streets, high-fiving, hugging each other, and celebrating. One guy tried to high-five me, but I deflected. He didn't know it. He didn't know it, but he did not want to high-five me at that moment. Yeah. In the chaos, we realized that all the streets were blocked off and no <sighs> cabs were nearby because of the party. Consequently, my friend and I had to walk about six blocks, pants full, to find a cab willing to drive us home. I had... I sat in the back seat, hoping my friend and the cab driver couldn't smell anything suspicious. <gasps> After what seemed like an excruciatingly long 10-minute car ride, I got dropped off at my apartment, apologizing to my friend for ruining her night and saying goodnight. 
After peeling off my pants and underwear and promptly throwing them in the trash, I opened the pantry knowing that I needed to eat something so that I could start to feel a little bit better and raise my blood sugar. The only thing in the pantry that wouldn't require cooking were some blueberry frosted Pop-Tarts. I grabbed the silver foiled pouch and headed upstairs where I started the shower, stepped in, and rinsed off, all the while leaning pathetically against the side of the shower, eating my Pop-Tart and crying out of embarrassment and mortification. To this day, I still can't eat blueberry Pop-Tarts, and I hate being in in crowded places. And you better believe that if I start to feel faint, I immediately leave. It was all quite traumatic, but now, nine years later, I can share the story with a laugh. Let's be honest. The image of me sobbing and eating a shower Pop-Tart should make anyone feel like they're doing pretty okay. Emily. Aw, Emily. Isn't that an incredible story? Yes. That is such a nightmare. That's so dramatic. I I, feel like that's just, that's like, that feels like something that would happen to me. (laughs) Like one thing after the other. It is. Like these little small obstacles that start adding up. And it is why I hate going in crowds, not because I've shit my pants, but like, Because there, there is this element where you're trapped yeah. if something happens right. that scares me more than like the crowd aspect. It's more like I'm stuck here. Like that's happened to me when I lived in New York. By the way, I, I looked it up. Uh, St. Louis won that year. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I honestly forgot that they won the World Series. <laughs> I feel like the they cars? haven't won. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, when I lived in New York, sometimes like on holidays, the subways were really crowded and then you couldn't get a cab because everyone was taking cabs. Right. And even the buses would be jam-packed, but you would feel like really helpless. Like you're like, I can't, I'll like, I'll pay a hundred dollars, just get me home. Like, right. And you can't get home. It's like that feeling is so awful. I mean, Emily's story is like cinematic to me because it's like the drama of fainting in the first place, then the drama of waking up in a, like coming to and you're at a crowded stadium and it's game seven. The stakes are so high in the story. It's really and also not being able to enjoy the moment. Right. The fireworks going off and every, and everyone's celebrating, but you like have to go home because you shit your pants. There's something so uncomfortable about having something like that. I've never had that bad, but I've had something where like I got my period and right. I need to get home and right. I had no stuff or like, do you know what I mean? Like it's such a stressful feeling. Well, I got my period for the first time when I was in Tokyo. Oh, right. Yeah. On a trip with my dad. Yeah. That was like. I, I have never felt so alone in my life yeah. than I did in that moment. Yeah. Being it's 13 awful. years old. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, it was a really fun trip, though. That was a really good shit story. Wasn't that great? Yeah. I had to. Because it, it had more than just shit. It was so many elements. Yeah, very good. I'm saying this could be like an episode yeah. of television. Absolutely. It had so much great drama. Story. Oh, while I'm remembering, I wanted to give a shout out to Bobby Joe. She's yes. the one who sent us the forks. Yes. Did we talk about that? No, but thank you, okay. Bobby Joe. Yeah, that was really sweet. Yeah. She said we could use her name. You know what's amazing about those forks that she sent us is that I have the matching spoons. Right. I don't have the forks, yeah. but I actually have the spoons because my mom sent me the spoons They're a so long time cute. ago. Really so now cute. I have spoons and forks. Amazing. I Thank love you, it. Bobby Joe. Uh, and uh, let's talk about movie, podcast, book recommendations. Well, I started watching Ray Donovan. That's the big story. <laughs> Can I just say, I'm so happy you've been watching Ray Donovan. Yeah. Very happy. It's really good. I mean, we talked about it a little bit. I'm only on the first season still, but I have been watching it. Um, I love Ray Donovan, obviously. Yeah. That's my type. I like all the characters. The, 
I hate James Wood character though. He's in the season one. Oh yeah, he's a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. I'm so fear that's where I'm at right now, his little storyline. Yeah. I hate him. Yeah, you're supposed to hate him. He sucks. It's good. I was actually thinking I'm like, thank God he's playing a character I'm supposed to hate because I don't like him as a person in right, real life. Right, right. So it worked out. Um yeah, it's a good show. I like it. I just I mean, finished it last night. Oh you did? Yeah and I'm dead. At the end it's like series finale. Well it got canceled but it could come back. Well, here's what happened. It like it just ended like a couple months ago, the season finale of season 7, and then it got canceled right after that and fans were outraged because it ended on this huge cliffhanger. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, and so I read recently there's been like an update that they decided that they're going to make a season 8 or at least some kind of wrap up. Okay. Like some, maybe a two-hour movie or something. Yeah, yeah. there's going to have some kind of closure. Cool. And and I know that Liev Schreiber, he said that like he was devastated learning it was canceled because he feels like, you know, he spent the past, he said something like, I spent the past seven years of my life on this character. Like, I want to, to wrap complete, it up. I want to complete his story. Yeah. So, cool. um, but yeah, I really like the show. It just like... I it kept me interested. It kept me hooked the whole seven seasons, yeah. and I love the characters. I think that's like the best part of the show is like those characters. Yeah, and, they're good. Uh, they're so good. So anyway, um, that's all I've been watching. Besides, I have to say that this past week's ninety day fiance episode was one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen in my life. It was fucking bonkers, oh. and I talked about it on this week's episode of Everyone's Business But Mine, which is my friend Kara Berry's podcast, so if you're not already subscribed to her show and you want to hear reality TV talk, go subscribe to her show. Cool. So yeah, that's all I watched pretty much. Yeah. Uh, that's all I have. I have, to find, I, have, I have to find something else to do with my life now. I'm pretty devastated. I know. I'm, I'm kind of planning some other shows I want to watch, but I'm not sure yet which one I'm going to do next. Yeah. And um, like I've seen so many shows. I love television. I actually haven't, but then it becomes overwhelming. Like I love television, but then I, I just don't, don't usually have a lot of time to binge watch whole series. Yeah. So I just, and I forget what I want to watch. But, but I also have like a very specific kind of genre of TV show that like I'm really into. Me I think too. we're both similar on the kinds of shows right. we like. Like we both. I like drama that has a little bit of a soap opera element, Same. no matter what the genre is. Yeah. There's like a family or something. I wanted to have like a soapiness to it, but I also want it to be a drama show where there are some, it sometimes is funny. Exactly. That's my exact type of show. I don't want it to be I don't want it to be like funny all the time. No. I but don't there's want elements that. that are darkly funny or something. Yeah, I Absolutely. want some fucked up humor. Yeah. I, want, I want and you know what? I want fucked up shit happening. Me too. I want really fucked up shit. That's why Absolutely. I like I love Breaking Bad so much. I want pe- bad people doing bad things and Bad things happening to good people and good people breaking bad. That's yeah. why breaking bad. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can find me shows One like show that, I want to watch that I'm curious about and I haven't ever seen it is The Shield. Oh. And I've heard that that's I like a bad that's a cop. Good show. I've heard it's a good show. And I heard it has like the best series finale ever. That's what something. I heard too. Why so, do we always talk about the series finale? I don't know, but it makes me want to watch the fucking show. Right. And it's definitely what you're saying. It's like a cop who's bad. Like all of them. No, just kidding. <laughs> don't at me. I'm just kidding. Uh, am I? <laughs> but it's like a bad cop. But it's like, def- I like things where it's like, 
is this the hero or is this the belt? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, kind of like yeah. Tony Soprano. You start liking him, but you're like, oh, this guy's a piece of shit. <laughs> like, he's a bad guy. Like, right. Or even with, like, Walter White. Like, that guy is not good. No. Yeah. He sucks. So it's like, I like that kind of lead. Oh, I love that lead. So, yeah. I've always been curious about The Shield. And so maybe I'll try watching that. Yeah. I don't know. I love watching damaged men in general. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And dating them. <laughs> not I you. Loved I'm it. Oh, me. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's all I've been watching. Have you been cooking? You got groceries this week? Uh, we finally went grocery shopping. So I did cook. I made a big pot of chili and it was delicious. Cool. And that lasts me like, you know, four days before yeah. we finish the whole pot. And yeah. I think I'm going to make some muffins tonight or cookies. Yeah. I might make oatmeal cookies tonight. Yum. I did make a soup with lentils and andouille sausage. Oh, that It was an good. Ina Garten recipe, but I kind of switched it up because I couldn't find kielbasa, which was what was normally in it, but it was really spicy with the andouille. Ooh. It was like chicken andouille. It was Ooh. good. Uh, and then last night I made ric- ricotta nudi, which is like gnocchi, but without potato, it's with ricotta. And it was a mozza recipe. So it had like a browned butter sauce with spinach and mushrooms. Yum. And it's really good. If you've always, if you like gnocchi, this is a much easier version to make. I've heard. Because it's literally, you just make these little ping pong balls. Like there's not like this huge process. It's much easier. And it's good because they're kind of lighter. Like they're not as heavy. Yeah. So I thought it was really good. I liked it. And then I ate the leftovers for lunch. So it even was good leftovers like... And they're kind of doughy. I don't know. It's like, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like an Italian chicken and dumplings, like that kind of doughy dumpling that gets boiled. Yeah. It's kind of like wet dumpling or something. Like it's good. No, I know what you mean. But I I saw, I saved a recipe that I want to try. I have to get ricotta cheese, but um, it's a, like a spring peas and mint ricotta gnocchi. I was thinking about other types of things I could put with these. Yeah. Gnocchi. And I was thinking like a spring thing would be good. Peas and mint, such a good combo. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of it. It's really good. Oh, I also made a really good watermelon feta salad. Oh, yeah. I love watermelon feta salad. It's so easy I to make. I just bought a watermelon. I today. love watermelon. Is it good? The watermelon was good? The one that I got was. Okay. I actually got the pre sliced up. Okay. I'm picky about watermelon. I, I hate too. when it's mealy. I think, Ugh, yeah. It drives me crazy. No, but the kind, the batch that I got was it's a good, good when, one. It's good when you buy it pre-cut because you can kind of see. Yes. But yeah. I could tell this was a good watermelon. It's definitely more expensive that way, but yeah. Yeah. You can at least know. Right. Uh, cool. So that's uh, what I ate. Had I'm See, I'm in a much better spirits this week. Because you be- have food. Because I had some like good food in my house. Yeah. And that definitely helps. Yeah, absolutely. That's all I have. That's all I have, too. Okay. All right, guys. Bye. Bye.